Welcome to the Kara's Kara's Digital Show and Podcast, where we explore the cutting edge of wellness. I'm Kara Sundland, and this episode is sponsored by the Center for Advanced Reproductive Services at UConn. It's a place that offers cutting edge science to create a family. So does it seem like there's just so much sickness right now? So how do you know if it's COVID, the flu, or RSV? And how do you know if you should be seeking medical attention or just ride it out at home? Dr. Ulysses Wu of Hartford HealthCare is an expert in infectious disease, and he's joining us now to get some answers to those questions. Welcome, Dr. Wu. Thank you for having me again. Is it just us, or does it seem like sickness is way up? I waited for two hours at the doctor's the other day for my daughter. There were just so many people there not feeling well. Yeah, unfortunately, sickness is way up, uh, and there's a multitude of reasons that that's actually happening. But, um, yeah, we're, we're, see- we're seeing it ourselves. So let's talk about this. Are the main things out there right now flu, RSV, and COVID? So COVID really never went away. Um, and so let's start with that one. COVID uh, has been around. Um, its numbers dipped a little bit, but really never went completely away. Remember the old term, flattening the curve? We never flatten the curve, uh, unfortunately. And so Omicron has given us this basal level, this baseline level of transmission that is happening. Um, the new kids on the block, the NKOTBs, are RSV uh, and influenza. RSV really hit us first and really hit the kids first. Um, that is still prevalent, and obviously the pediatric hospitals are dealing with with a surge. Um from my standpoint, maybe leveled off. I don't want to say that we're on a downturn, um, but I think a lot of that is because now we're starting to see the rise of influenza. Now, this isn't atypical to see a uh, influenza this early in the season. And then the question is, when is it going to peak? Typically peaks in mid-February. We'll probably peak earlier, but I think we're going to start seeing uh, even the higher numbers of influenza at this time. Yeah. So a lot of people are wondering, how do I know? Is it COVID? Is it the flu? Is it RSV? It's a great question, and you may not like the answer I'm going to give to you, but between COVID and flu, you should really not try to distinguish it. And the reason why I'm saying try not to distinguish it is because both of them each have their own separate treatments. And I don't want somebody to say, oh, I definitely have the flu. They go get tested for the flu, and then it's negative. It's like, oh, it's just something. It could be COVID, which also has its own treatments. But the CDC actually says the symptoms are very, very, very similar. Uh, between COVID and flu. Maybe the one thing that would be different for COVID is maybe a loss of sense of smell. Um, But you can get that with influenza and you can also get it with seasonal allergies, believe it or not, as well. RSV, you probably could distinguish. Uh, Tends to present more as just a cold for a regular uh, non-immunocompromised adult. For kids, especially the younger ones, obviously can present really bad, and that's why the pediatric hospitals are going through it. And then the other extremes is the elderly can also present uh, extremely bad as well, especially those who may be immunocompromised. If there's one thing that I could say that maybe distinguishes RSV from COVID flu or fluvid or whatever you want to call it, because I'm going to really say those symptoms go together, you know, maybe you don't get sneezing, maybe you don't get sore throat, Maybe you don't get myalgias, those body aches, uh, or the headache that is typically associated with it. You may get more of a runny nose and stuffiness, but we certainly see that with COVID and flu. So there's really nothing to distinguish it. So if you have any of the two, at least COVID and flu, I would recommend getting both of them worked up. RSV, you should also look for that as well. Okay. So uh, COVID, just to get people on uh, the latest, at least... uh 
I ha- full disclosure, I had COVID maybe three weeks ago, and I called my doctor. And unlike when I got it before there were vaccines and way back in the early pandemic, he wasn't, number one, as concerned. But number two, my symptoms were different. I had a raging sore throat. And he said, you know, the viruses now has changed. Some of the symptoms, we're not seeing as much of the loss of smell. It is looking more like a respiratory virus. Is, can you explain that? Is that what you're seeing? Well, I I think COVID is always changing. The thing about the sore throats, we've seen the sore throats. That is the one thing that could maybe distinguish it from flu and RSV, though you do get sore throat with flu and RSV. It's always been there. It's just that with COVID, we also saw a lot of other symptoms that were just so incredibly bad. And so I don't want to, you know, I I don't want to say yet that it's become a more mild illness. I mean, what you're seeing is evolution and uh, these mutations are causing what we currently have as the Omicron. Maybe it's not as bad, but there could be a mutation down the road that all of a sudden it becomes really bad as well. So I don't want to say that we're headed in that direction, but symptoms may have changed because the severity may have changed. People, I think, are getting... um vaccined out, if for, for lack of a better term. They, a lot of people who were very pro-vaccine probably got the original COVID vaccine and the boosters. And now um, they're a little more confused. What should they be doing right now? Like, where should we be if we want to be fully healthy and protected at this time? They should be vaccinated. And you can get the flu and the COVID at this time. You should get, if you have already had the COVID vaccine before, you can get the bivalent now. And the studies have shown you have a great antibody response. So it definitely works. And you can get it at the same time as the influenza shot. It's never too late to get the influenza vaccine as well. So to really maintain your best protection, you want to act, I'll actually say indoors, you actually want to mask indoors. Um, And then you also want to get vaccinated. And then the third thing is, if you're sick, try not to get somebody else sick because you can't, any sickness you got, you got it from somebody else. Right, right. And is there some truth in popular culture? People are saying, oh, we're getting more sick because for a while we were all avoiding each other and our immune systems are a little weaker. We're like back out in the world and we're getting exposed to germs again. Is that true or is that just us saying that? I think there is some truth to it in the sense for something like influenza um, and maybe the RSVs and some of the rhinoviruses, you know, we because everybody was masking, we didn't develop this immune response. I think that's a small part of it. But I think the reality is because we're coming out of the COVID darkness, it's we're kind of uh, throwing caution to the wind. So our behaviors, we've we've gone back to normal. Right. And because of that, we're seeing the illnesses that we normally would see this time of the year except now we have a new one, which is COVID, uh, added on top of that. So I think if you you get in the retrospective scope, you can certainly say, well, maybe our immunity is a little bit lower to some of these diseases. But the reality is that we've just gone back to our sociologic behaviors uh, that is causing us to get sick. So let's just go back to the vaccines right now to do a rundown. If you've gotten boosted, How do you know if you need, I guess, a fourth shot? Should you be at a fourth shot now? Uh, Well, I I don't want to even go by numbers. Uh, Basically, if if it's been two months since your last shot and you haven't gotten the bivalent, you should go get the bivalent vaccine for COVID. And explain what is bivalent. So it's it's just it's it's part of it is the old strain and part of it is uh, uh, a vaccine against the Omicron. And so uh, by means two. So it's just two different two different types of shots in one. 
And if you already got COVID, uh, say a couple months ago, or, uh, you know, I guess you have that 90 day immunity or something, should you still go get that bivalent vaccine, even if you've recovered? You absolutely should. And the reason why is there's something unusual about Omicron where it evades the immune system. And because what do I mean by that? It may not recognize that you just had COVID a month ago or two months ago, and then you can get COVID again. So you really want to protect yourself and get the vaccine. And actually, on top of that, studies have shown that those who have gotten COVID and then get the vaccine, their immune system is almost super ramped up. Okay. Okay. Um, and what about the flu? Same thing. If you didn't get it in enough time, which I know personally that's happened to some people I know, um, where they're like, oh, I'm getting it next week. Hopefully there's still time for them. But some people have already gotten it. Should they then still go get the flu vaccine? It's difficult to say. With influenza, if you got influenza A, you were probably protected for influenza A for that season. That essentially served as your vaccine. But that doesn't mean you can't necessarily get influenza B down the road as well. So that's a more tricky situation. Okay. Um, and right now, there's been a lot of questions. I just want to repeat what you said, that it's okay to, on the very same day, get the flu shot and the COVID vaccine. And if you do that, do you expect that, like we did before, that you might not feel well and need to be home the next day? Um, there's some people that may not feel well. Uh, for some reason, I've gotten five shots now at this point, and I haven't, I, I haven't felt anything. And <laughs> that actually worries me a little bit because I'm worried that I haven't actually mounted an immune response with the vaccines. Uh, so there, there is good literature to show that. If you've gotten the vaccine and you mount this horrible response where you feel terrible, that's actually pretty good for your immune system that you've mounted a good response. Okay. So not everybody's going to be out the next day. Okay. But you might want to plan that it could happen um, if, good. If, if you get – I know for at least for me, I was sensitive to both vaccines. And um, I wonder if that's a problem, too. I'm going to ask you to weigh in a little bit on culture and that most companies have sort of rolled back the extra COVID days or the extra COVID pay. And – People are just uh, feeling like they you know, need to go to, to work regardless of anything. Maybe they yeah. don't want to test or vice versa. They're waiting. They're putting off the vaccine because they're like, I've got so much to do. And, you know, I don't have a sick day or I don't want to burn that day because I'm probably going to be sick tomorrow. Um, yeah. How much does it do you think from a public health perspective matter that we've kind of rolled back those extras? I, it's it's not sustainable. Ideally, we would love to be able to pay for these days forever. But and by we, I don't mean me, but, you know, there would be a fund to do this. But ultimately, it would have to be rolled back. And um, it's far for me, far be it for me to say when the best timing for that is. Um, but I, I know a lot of companies, like you said, they have done it, but they can't do it in perpetuity. Uh, with regards to finding the time to get a vaccine, it's so easy to get a vaccine. I know at Hartford HealthCare, we have certainly plenty of slots that are available. And um, I just swung by uh, after work and I just got it and it took me uh, probably, uh, you know, you had to sit there and, and wait because they, they like to monitor you. Um, but it didn't take more than 30 minutes for the whole thing. Uh, there's Walgreens, there's CVS. You, you can get these almost anywhere. So not finding the time, uh, it, it's it's almost, ve it's it's very easy to get a shot. Let me just put it that way. Okay. And so again, you can go and um, most of the time you can make an online appointment if you're listening to this at Walgreens CVS, or if you want to use Hartford HealthCare again, do you just go on the website and you book a slot? 
Yeah, absolutely. We do it through our, our system, MyChart, which a lot of other hospitals use. They have their own MyChart, but uh, you can go on, just click on COVID vaccine, and then you got um, slots all across the state. Okay. Um, and for the kids, the kids um, got boosters a while ago. Should the kids also be getting these new bivalents? So it's difficult to say, and I, it's obviously a personal and family decision. Uh, kids obviously seem to do well um, when they get COVID, but a lot of them, I don't want to say a lot, but uh, there is certainly a subset of people that don't do well when, when, when they get COVID, and some of them even have long COVID, unfortunately. So it is an extra layer of protection. It's a safe vaccine. So I'm going to say, yes, they should go get it. But I understand that it's a personal decision for people to make. It's eligible for kids of all ages or just the 12 and up. I think, you know, we used to be out there every day saying you can do this, that or the other. And now I get a lot of questions about like, what did you get for this age or that age? What's the latest? Right. So it really depends which one you're getting. But ages five or six, uh, one of those two age groups for the two vaccines. Okay, so they can go on up. And the kids who are 12 and up, are they just get vaccinated like adults? They can get it. Yep. Okay. Um, so is there anything that works? Uh, a lot of people out there are trying to do for immunity and, and, and I'm going to step outside of, um, uh, step outside of, uh, your usual, um, practice, but let's say you've already got one of these. How do you get rid of the flu or COVID as quickly as possible? <laughs> Well, there are treatments. So that you obviously, that's why I say, going back to the original thing that we talked about, there are treatments for influenza, Tamiflu being one of them. There are a lot of different, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are different anti-influenza antivirals, uh, influenza antivirals. And then for COVID, there are also treatments available uh, to try to help with your symptoms, to hopefully decrease uh, any what we call morbidity, where it progresses to something worse, even death. Uh, which would obviously be mortality. Now, if you're referencing, you know, what are some of the folksy treatments that you could certainly do? The best thing is prevention. So we talk about vaccination, we talk about masking, we talk about avoiding people who are sick. That's the best thing. That's the best cure for COVID and influenza is to never get it. Now that goes without saying, you hear things like hydration. Well, I would say staying hydrated is actually really good for you. Probably doesn't necessarily maybe reduce your chances of getting some of these diseases. Something like zinc, uh, as well. You've probably heard about that. Vitamin C, vitamin D. It's pretty good to just really make sure that you are getting enough zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D in general, but really doesn't help modify the course of any any of these diseases. Um, I think those are the most popular ones. Are, are there any other ones that you've maybe heard of? Uh, well, no, I think that makes sense. And, and like what you said, even when we're doing interviews on this show with naturopaths who get really into foods and supplements for immunity, it, it, it matters for the beginning, right? It matters in, the, in your general immune system, getting good rest, getting good hydration, and, and sometimes supplementing if you're not eating um, the right foods. But what you're saying is taking a bunch of vitamin C after you have the flu, you don't think is going to decrease the length of it. It's really not going to, nor zinc uh, or vitamin D. We live in Connecticut. We live in New England. We tend to be vitamin D deficient. So that's always a good thing that you want to boost, but won't necessarily, especially with COVID, the vitamin D and COVID studies have not really borne out. Yeah. So, um, well, as long as I have you and, and you're, the, you're the infectious disease specialist, are there supplements that you take every day? So uh, in reality... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to piss off the supplement industry, but take something like a multivitamin. Yeah. They've actually studied the multivitamin ad nauseum over and over and over. And it's actually shown absolutely no benefit uh, in, a, in a developed country where they have developed diets, uh, normal diets. So uh, from a supplement standpoint, 
I, I can't really recommend anything. I know a lot of people like to take probiotics as well. Yeah. Um, uh, for Especially me, I'm a foodie, age. so I, I think if you want to get good probiotics, you really want to go down the fermented food route. Take it in not pill form, but take it in food form. You know, your kimchi, your tofus, your uh, kombuchas, your yogurts, like all these lovely things. A lot of other fermented misos, uh, which are, I think, a better, more delicious way to get something like probiotics. But hey, I can't really recommend any supplements. Uh, calcium. Uh, would be something, whether it be through pill form, preferably through uh, an oral food form, uh, would be something that would probably be best. Calcium and vitamin D. And vitamin D, right. I was going to say, because you have acknowledged, and I know a lot of uh, MDs have said, you know, I even got tested when I was on prenatal vitamins and I was lower than I should be. Like, we're just generally, we don't get enough vitamin D if we live in this part of the country. So supplementing vitamin D every day could be a good idea for everybody. It's it's not a bad idea. Um, it aren't. really depends. You don't want to go through the mega doses. And then there are a lot of other supplements out there that say you're iron deficient. Obviously, taking iron would certainly help you. So I don't want to say supplements are bad. But if you are in what we call homeostasis and your body is perfectly normal, there are no abnormalities, no deficiencies, taking supplements have not really shown to be much of a benefit. But exactly. certainly, yes, if you are deficient in something, supplements do help. Okay. Um, so are you seeing back in the day when COVID was at its peak, the, the benefit, I guess, we didn't have a lot of people dying from the flu. Now, um, what's the hospital like? We know Connecticut reported its first flu death. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, and I don't actually know the status of that patient and whether or not they were vaccinated, if they had any other comorbidities. The influenza certainly is rising exponentially. Uh, I don't want to say exponentially, but it, it's rising very rapidly. And we are probably poised for a very bad flu season. I've heard estimates from uh, it may be as bad as going all the way back to 2010, 2011, uh, the influenza season associated with that. Um, that all remains to be seen. And really the key is if people are getting sick, we want to really see if they're actually coming to the hospital. And COVID is one of those things as well. Is COVID really truly more mild? Are they showing up in the hospital? Right now, we're not even close to capacity. Hartford Healthcare, we know that we have more than enough capacity to take care of these patients. But we also know that we're not really close to where the likely peak is to be for these patients. So to answer your question, they're rising. Uh, we've had, unfortunately, the one mortality uh, across the country. There's been more flu mortalities. And actually, there's been some kids, mm. some children's flu mortality as well uh, across the country, especially in the South and the Midwest, which is being hit pretty hard at this point. Um, so it's too early to make a prediction, but we are expecting a robust season. But get your vaccine. <laughs> get your vaccine. And I, nobody's wearing masks. I just if you're indoors, throw that mask on. Really? So really, when, when I, you're going to the grocery store right now, um, you're wearing the mask. I'm wearing the mask. Okay. What about we're going to gather for holidays, and I think everyone's ready mm -hmm. to have normal and, like, you know, I think maybe outside of the healthcare setting, it, it, wearing a mask might feel strange. Maybe not in the grocery store. You can get away. But, like, going to Grandma's house or whatever, um, you know, you're going to might have these big holiday gatherings. People are looking forward yeah. to them. Are, are, what's your recommendation? We saw a lot of people get sick after the last Thanksgiving gathering. 
If you are a caregiver of somebody who may not do well from one of these diseases, I would certainly recommend throwing a mask on. If you're going to a family's house where you know and hopefully everybody will be honest with you who's sick and who's not sick, um, I certainly know lots of people who have actually skipped family gatherings because they are sick. They did not go. Uh, as long as that honesty is there, I don't think you need to throw a mask on. Though I will say you can be asymptomatic and still give disease to people. And even before you actually start exhibiting symptoms, say you do exhibit symptoms, depending on the flu or COVID, you can actually be transmissible prior to you exhibiting symptoms. So even being asymptomatic by itself doesn't mean that you're not going to get it. So what am I recommending? It's really common sense. We're not gonna throw masks on everybody, but yeah, if you have a grandmother who's going through chemotherapy right now and you care for that person, you may not want to get sick because you don't want to get that person sick. Is the flu vaccine a good match this year? It's too early to tell. But even if it's not the greatest match, it will modify the course of the disease. So even if you do get influenza, it, you still stand a better chance of doing OK from it if you got the vaccine than is if you didn't. Um, just for those who are considering when to call out from family events, a lot of people at school, they'll say, don't come to school till you've been 24 hours fever free. So that's something we've all grown up with. Um, but when you're deciding, do I go to Christmas dinner um, or to this celebration, to this Christmas party or this Hanukkah celebration? And you're like, OK, I'm a little sick. I'm feeling under the weather, but I feel badly because everyone expects me to go. Do you go so long as you don't have a fever or you like, what's what's the cutoff of in your world, Dr. Wu? Of, now you just stay home. Well, we get actually a lot of those questions about COVID, right? I got COVID. When can I go back and see my family? When when can I not quarantine? Can I do it in five days? There are some test out methods if you want to. But if you really want to be safe, something like COVID, you want to be 10 days out. For flu, you want to be seven days out from the onset of symptoms, believe it or not. Um, but everybody's risk tolerance is very different. And so it just depends how risky that they want to play it. But if you want to be super safe, you you want to stay out for the maximum amount of time. Okay. And I know some companies um, still have policies of, uh, at least here where we work, it's five days. I don't know if that's even in line with what the CDC is saying now. I think we usually try to be in line with the CDC, but it's five days is what we're told to stay home, regardless of how sick you are, if you tested positive for COVID. Yeah, everybody, every company's policy is very different. Obviously, in healthcare, in healthcare, we have, and this is one of the most common healthcare questions we get from our workers itself. Well, why is everybody else five? And, you know, healthcare is 10. We do have test out, uh, opt out policies as well. But healthcare, we, we kind of have a different standard because in reality, you're probably still contagious even at day nine. Okay. Up to day nine. And what do you mean yeah. testing out? I used to hear that don't worry about it. You're, even when you're recovered, you might still test positive for COVID because it stays in your system. Um, is there some accuracy? And, and are these home tests good for either testing in or testing out? Uh, home tests, I don't necessarily recommend for trying to test out, um, but there are, you know, commercial, thing, commercial labs such as PCRs, antigen testing that you can usually use to test out. That's what's recommended. And if you are taking a home test, uh, then are they pretty good or are you still seeing a lot of false negatives? You do see false negatives, and it really depends where you are at your stage. And the reality is it depends on what you, we call the pretest probability. It's a pretty good test. The home test is a pretty good test. But say you presented to me when, when you had COVID, and it was like, oh, my goodness, I, I'm really sick, and then your test 
turned up negative. I'm like, you either have COVID or you have one of these other diseases going on. And I would go for uh, a, a better test, one of those antigen or PCRs um, to make sure that you don't have it. Yes. Well, little anecdotal story. I know when I was taking my daughter and I had tested her, she was negative for COVID. We pulled up to the pediatrician, something that I think is just going to change now since the pandemic. They come out to the car, test you for everything before they let you in. She tested negative for COVID, so they let her in to go get examined for the flu. But I think a lot of doctor's offices are still doing things differently. Actually, I don't mind sitting in the car, but I, I guess we should expect no. that if you are going to go to the doctor's office, um, we learned a few things since the pandemic and things might be a little different. Absolutely. And that's why in healthcare, we have a different standard. And that's why we're still implementing, at least at Hartford Healthcare, universal masking. Everybody has a mask because we know that a lot of people are going to come through. We're going to miss them on those tests. There's a lot of visitors that obviously we're not testing at all, and they're going to be sick. But as long as we're masked, as long as we have unidirectional one-way masking, that protects us to a certain extent. Thank you, Dr. Wu, for clearing it up. Stay healthy. Um, and we always appreciate your expertise here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And if you want more information on the cutting edge of wellness, you can always follow me on social media at Kara Sundlin. I love to share this content there. This is a great podcast uh, to share with everybody if you're listening on the podcast. A lot of questions answered. Uh, have a great day, everyone, and be well.